begin. And welcome to another exciting episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. I am your host, The Cap, with a lot of energy today. I don't know what that's about. But um, alongside with me, my two brothers in geekdom is Mike the Finance Guy. Okay. <laughs> and Ralph the Tech. Captain, that statement is very illogical. <laughs> All right. So, um, first of all, I want to say thanks for, um, I, I got to say thanks for the podcast, meaning like, you know, I'm glad we do the podcast every week because last week, uh, not last week, yesterday, I was looking to hurt somebody. Really? Was it me? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Was it you. the things I said about you? No, 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 you no. You were no, going to no. hulk out, huh? No. Long story short, you know that one of my jobs is I work in the fitness industry and I work at the, at the concierge desk. So... Um, I decided to use the gym and work out. So I was going to go work out, have a good time, and then see my girlfriend afterwards. We were going to go to a movie and, you know, have a really good time. I'm working out, and they lean over to me and go, Cap, because that's my name. (laughs) (laughs) They go, Cap, um, why are you not on duty? What what do you mean, why am I not on duty? I'm off. I never work Fridays. Uh, Yeah, well, you're on the schedule. What? Yeah. So bottom line is, I was on the schedule. I had talked with my manager earlier on, and like about a couple of weeks ago, and she goes, we need some help. I was like, yeah, sure. Let me know what, what whatever kind of help you need, and I'll do it for you. And I guess that loose conversation translated to me being put on the schedule, not telling me, not confirming me. So I was stuck until about 10, 10.30 last night working in a place I didn't want to work at and um, not seeing my girlfriend. I was Wow. And, you know, the saddest part is the violin is so small that I'm playing right now that it can't even be picked up by this microphone. <laughs> Maybe that's not a violin. <laughs> wow. Was little Captain sad. <laughs> oh, I was pissed. I, I, was look, I was so looking forward to going to a movie. It's been a really, really rough week this week. So I was like, okay, I'll get to finally go to a movie in the movie theaters. not download it. Hey, Ralph the Pirate. Ralph the Pirate. Hey. In this economy, come on. When you got a big screen TV, you no, but can just do nothing, it that way. There's nothing like the experience <laughs> of being... I mean, I agree. There's nothing like having a big screen TV in your house and watching it in the comfort of your own home. But it's nothing like the experience of going to a movie and they got everything for you. You don't got to clean shit. You can even leave the, the, the popcorn tub underneath your seat unless Mike is with you. Then he's like, uh, Cap, pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's their job. That's what they get paid to do. Holy hell. Yeah, but then you, you don't I have mean, to I don't deal. pee in the seats, too. I'm sure they're there to clean up any messes as well. <laughs> You don't have to deal with people screaming out at the movie screen. Oh, no, don't do that. Watch out. <laughs> I could at least deal with that better than the ring, ring. No, I'm not up to anything. What do you mean? No, she didn't do that. <laughs> oh, man, what the fuck? <laughs> you want to hear a funny story? Go. I went to go see, uh, I forgot what movie it was. But there was this really, really, like, fresh off the boat kind of guy. right, oh, sitting, sitting right behind me. Fresh off the boat from where? Probably DR. Okay. Yeah. Just, want, just want to clarify, because... Puerto Ricans and citizens, but go ahead. <laughs> wow. Excuse me, annex. <laughs> and you guys swim over to our island. Go ahead. That's right. We're good swimmers. So uh, Cubans. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so he's sitting behind me. the Latin American countries today. <laughs> Which it's about like probably 30 minutes into the movie mm-hmm. and his phone rings, right? And mind you, I'm like, all right, hopefully this guy's going to do the courteous thing and put the phone away. No. He answers the call and he's like, yeah. Like, hello, say, say, yo estoy aquí. I'm, I'm in the movie theaters. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> and he literally has like a 15 minute conversation. Wow. If it wasn't because I was with my two little cousins and a friend of mine, I would have turned around and like just spazzed out on the guy. But it's like, wow. you know what, Ralph, control yourself. 
I never understand people decide to have conversations at movie theaters. I mean, I've watched people that have come in together that barely say anything through the, you know, the commercial part, through the trailers. The moment the thing goes black, the sound comes up and the movie starts, they're like, oh, anyhow, did you see what happened down the other day? And you're like, you waited till now? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I think the moral of the story is don't go, don't go to a movie theater um, anywhere above 96th Street <laughs> oh, <laughs> in wow. New York City. Yeah, that, that is true. No, but it even happens Union down Square, on 42nd don't Street. Don't want to go to Union Square or 42nd. Yeah, but it's I think that's what everybody else trying to escape. Yeah. Union Square, 42nd Street, 34th Street. Yep. Everybody's trying to escape. They're like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a hub. There's a lot of people there, but we can go and enjoy a movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well, a- anyway, um, oh, I forgot to shout out to um, Kevin for doing the show last week. It was funny because Kev had kind of called me out on something. He was like, yo, Doc, I didn't think you were going to do my voice. I thought you were going to do a little bit more. And I'm like, um, didn't you tell me it bothered you? Yo, but, but you do it anyway. What the fuck? <laughs> is that the thing? <laughs> it is it, the thing. It's the Dominican thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Kevin was kind of like, "Yo, you didn't, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to make fun of my voice." I was like, "Wow, that's, that's messed up." <laughs> so shout out to Kev and uh, shout out to Joey. Hope everything's better at home. Hope to see you um, by the podcast real soon. Um, so on to business, gentlemen. Um, we're here right to- because I was thinking this was twenty-two bitches later. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's twenty-two bitching later, that's us definitely. Because someone was telling me, "Do you guys ever like anything?" <laughs> And I always say that on the podcast. We always joke around and say that. But I had someone who listened. They came up to me like, Cap, um, do you guys like anything? Did they not listen to the Lock and Key podcast? Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I told them that. They're like, yeah, one out of, one out of seven. I like, I like Did they not hear stuff. the Six Claws episode? Come on. <laughs> well, I, I, I liked Wolverine. I just thought I had problems. <laughs> I like What's up, these people? Listen up for the positive stuff. It comes in short and small, but it's in there. <laughs> what, what are you saying? It's like one of those shows you got to pay attention to stuff. <laughs> it's like it's like usual suspects. You, you'll find all the clues. It's right in front of you. You just gotta look really carefully. Yeah, exactly. P.S. Have you seen Usual Suspect, Prof? No. What? So how can you laugh at that joke? You're not allowed to laugh. <laughs> it's my right as an American. I can laugh at whatever I want. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so the first thing we're going to talk about is um, actually with um, the season premiere right around the corner. We're just going to talk briefly or. In, in, in length about The Walking Dead and the past how many seasons? Three seasons. Three seasons. Of yummy goodness. And yummy crusted Brain eating goodness. And for some of us we saw it already and some of us had to kind of you know wa- watch some of it and you, you, know. you can say it some of us. It was me. <laughs> yes I didn't watch The Walking Dead. Ralph's I just saw new name is well, some. First of all it's <laughs> shameful that like of all the shows you're not watching Walking Dead is one of them. I told you, man, I'm not really into super dramatic shows. But oh. you're into freaking zombies. I don't understand the fucking problem. I'm not into zombies. I, I mean, I don't, I don't watch mind True watching Blood. I have zombies. to admit that. But doesn't True Blood have drama? I mean. Huh? Yeah, but there's a lot of action and sex in it. Ah. Uh, so if it was on HBO, he was like, boob time. That's yeah. right. There you <laughs> so go. if they just started banging these bony monsters, you'd probably watch it a little bit more? Oh, Maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> it's, like, it's like fucking models at a Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you or did that the too? rejects anyway. You did that too? No. Wow. <laughs> no, the zombies are too fat, I think, for the modeling industry. <laughs> wow. And on to our synopsis for the three seasons of The Walking Dead is our ever so um, on point analyst, Mike the Finance Guy. 
Hey, I'm not going to sum up all three episodes. I'm just going to give you a little taste of The Walking Dead itself. Because uh, in it, we see that the zombie apocalypse has occurred just like I told you all it would happen. And the best <laughs> part is, I still look good. <laughs> just like I knew what happened to Alrighty, um, so The Walking Dead, AMC. It started uh, it was three years ago now, almost almost to the day. It started on October 31st, Halloween of uh, 2010. Um, and still going strong. It's one of the top rated shows. Actually, with the season three finale, I think they said at that time, had the highest rating of all shows ever in the history of cable TV. Just amazing. It's, it's a really great show. So anyhow, so what is The Walking Dead about for all of you that should be watching it and are not? Um, the Walking Dead is a small screen adaptation of the hit comic book series of the same name that's by Robert Kirkman, Tony Moore, and Charlie Adlard that was finally put into printing in, uh, what was it, like October 2003. And it's still going. It's like 114, 15 issues strong or right. more right now. Um, so pick it up. It's definitely good. I've read some of it, but not all of it. I'm just enjoying the show much more. Um, the story focuses on a small group of survivors living in the aftermath of the aforementioned zombie apocalypse, um, where they face dangers from scattered remains of post-apocalyptic humans trying to survive without societal structure, drama from struggles within their own group, and, of course, being eaten alive by the lumbering dead that, that they've named the Walkers. Um, kind of like the, one of those things where they named them the Walkers instead of calling them zombies, because I think it just adds the... A little sense of, I guess, their reality to it instead of using a brand name like we use. You know? Also, I think it would be a little bit tiresome if you kept calling somebody, oh, look at the zombies. Oh, there go some more zombies. Watch out, zombies. Yeah, I think you would kind of, you got to break the monotony and if you change the name, it kind of makes right, it, exactly. like you said, yeah. it's, it's part of their world. They have to live with it. They're not going to call them. Right, and they make it their own. And actually, in some of the episodes, which is really nice, um, they run into other groups you know, that are further away from them and they have other names for them because it does make sense. It's not like it's nationally branded that they're called the Walkers. So, right. Yeah, that's yeah. a big message. By the way, we know that you guys are, you know, surviving the apocalypse, but the common term is walkers, so just so you know, all right, everyone. We're walker walkers. Americans. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyhow, back to my synopsis here. Um, the group is led by Australian-born actor Andrew Lincoln as uh, the sheriff's deputy Rick Grimes, who woke from a coma into our decimated world and began to search for his family, and upon finding them, eventually became the voice and guide of the party as they searched for a place of safety in a very unsafe world. And that is what we got. That is where The Walking Dead wow. starts off, and that's oh. where it takes us into seasons one, two, three, and soon to be four. So, yeah. so what you're saying is that Walking Dead is like Lord of the Rings. All they're doing is just walking. There's no hobbits, <laughs> and and it's actually interesting. Lord of the wow. Rings, I fall asleep. The first one, let's walk some more. Let's walk some more. Yeah. <laughs> you shall not pass unless, unless you, you walk. To walk some more. <laughs> So The Walking Dead is actually the, the Lord of the Rings, but better, and, and, and not as long. Uh, all right, cool. Well, I mean, this has been three years. <laughs> yeah, but, but every episode, or at least uh, the way I feel about it, um, every time I've watched it and it gets to the end, you're like, oh, come on, five more minutes. No, five it's more very minutes. true. There five has not been minutes. an episode that I have not wanted more of The Walking Dead. It's, yeah. It really, uh, you know, you guys have heard me say it before, um, and definitely these guys here have heard me say it. I love character development, and this story, this show is all about character development mm -hmm. you know besides obviously an interesting story i feel like um when you watch the show i mean as the seasons progress i mean it's funny how the zombies were more prominent in season one right as opposed to you know season two and three not saying that the zombies aren't in it but the zombies um in season one are a major uh, plot point Right. And so to move them from place to place, to, for, to, to, you know, to, to have certain characters talk about, well, that zombie used to be my friend or whatever. Now it's just like, you know, the, the humans are fighting amongst the, you know, the, themselves. The, 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 the people who are alive are pretty much fighting amongst themselves for survival. And the zombies are just kind of like pawns or like, like right. background or the backdrop. Well, also, so, 
do, they use the, the zombies to their advantage to like send them some of them do really? some people in the, in the show do eventually nice. yeah but not right not right away um but definitely like the cat was saying that um they're much more prevalent in the first but i think that served a couple of points one is um a establishing the world that you're now in um you know you know you need to see how much is affected and you know and of course the good effects and whatnot hopefully draw on the audience but i think the second part um that the seasons themselves show just like again the captain said how the zombies move from the forefront to a little bit more to the behind um to the more to the background is that at least i believe it, it really is how the world would be um like imagine if you woke up and it really was a zombie apocalypse here it is it's saturday it's the zombie apocalypse just started i mean every conversation you have when you're trying to run for your life is going to be oh my god the zombies the zombies the zombies and that's going to go on for a while, I mean, it could be months, going to be a year. Can can it start on a Monday? Because you know, I gotta enjoy my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> People look like zombies on Monday, anyway. That's, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> that is the zombie day. <laughs> but you know, but then I think you know, after a few months or a year, or however long it would be, you know, considered norm. World, the world's going to take place. Society is going to start trying to build itself, even if it's in small pockets. So that, just how we do with any stress, you know, you talk about whatever bad thing happened all the time. And then suddenly you're starting to adjust to it. Doesn't mean you like it. Doesn't mean it's great. But now you've learned to kill enough zombies away. You're, you're learning to pen yourself off. So now the threat of the zombies is not as large because you're building society to protect you from them. You know, we don't sit around talking about bears and wolves and whatnot. And yet they're still out there in the wild. You know. Right. So I think it's a natural progression to see it go from zombies in the forefront to like, oh yeah, there's a zombie. Shoot it. I need to drive by. You know. Right. It's like damn, there's zombies in the way. Pow! <laughs> Headshot. <laughs> That's really exactly what it's like. You know. <laughs> Um, the pacing is really well. I like the yeah. pacing also. The, the way, I mean, it doesn't, what's the, what's the thing? It doesn't jump the shark. Right. I feel like it doesn't jump the shark. Even though for those who read the comic book and, and watch the show, you're like, wait, this didn't happen until issue blank at a blank, blank, blank. Right. You know, you've got some of that going on. Cause I remember I, I used to work at the gym with this guy, this guy named Ron and Ron would talk about, this is bullshit. What? Well, this didn't happen until, and it's funny. I don't know if I want to reveal anything now. Should I reveal spoilers? But yeah, I was kind of figuring that we were going to talk about it season by season by yeah. season. So I was looking for spoilers all over the place. Okay, cool. It's fine. Go okay, ahead. cool. I'm, I'm holding it back, and I was like, going to wait for us to progress from one to two to three. But for example, like, um, spoiler alert: Laurie and the baby. What about them? Well, <laughs> well, he was talking about you know them meeting their demise, or at least her meeting her demise. Wait, Laurie's dead. Laurie's dead? No, I'm only kidding. I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, just wanted to, you know, throw that out there for people like, you're confusing me. What, what do you mean? So Okay, let's just simplify it. She's alive, and then eventually she's dead. Right. <laughs> Ron, Ron was saying, you know, that didn't happen until later, later, later on in the comic book. Why are they bringing it up? It was like season three. Two. Uh, she died in three. She, she died in two. Three. Two. Three. Three, two. Two, two, three, two, three, two. Three. Beginning of three. <laughs> No, it wasn't the end. No, it was the more the mid. It's, it's a little bit about because the in the beginning of, of season three, wasn't he seeing her ghost? No, uh, beginning of season three is when they have already left Herschel's farm. They find the prison. They find the prisoners. They have to kill right, the prisoners. Right, right, right. She's still pregnant, extremely pregnant because it's, it's like I think about a good three or six months have gone by. You know, so she's almost ready to pop. Okay. Which we've lost. We left a lot about. Yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> let's stop. My apologies. Cap is stopping it. Let's rewind. Let's talk about season one in a nutshell. Um, how did you feel about it? <laughs> because I just realized, like, whoa, okay. That's why I said I thought we were talking about one, two, and three. <laughs> He's like, uh, Cap, um, well, what are we doing? So let's what talk. Did you get for getting off track? 
Hop back on the train, cat. Shut up. Watch more than episode one. <laughs> hey, I saw 15 minutes of episode two. Okay. And, and that's still great. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was good. Yeah. I, I tell you this, it, it was better with watching with me, right? With my commentary on the side. Yeah. If yeah. ever there was a zombie apocalypse, I said it here to the cat. We do not follow Ralph. Just, just, I don't care how well prepared he sounds like he's going to be. Do not follow Ralph. All if right. Ralph goes west, Cap hero. and Mike go north. <laughs> I'm going to be in Shangri-La. You're going to be, you know, in the apocalypse. You're the one who's talking about carrying so many things on your back that you'd be okay doing the apocalypse. Why did he take that cannon in that bazooka? Because hey. he can't. We wants to run. <laughs> I go to the gym for a reason, all right? I'm going to be able to do it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Some, something tells me that we're going to have to have a, 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 a meanwhile 22 pages later um, test where we're going to give – Ralph a bazooka on his back. <laughs> I'm gonna time him. Just, and I'm running from zombies. Just running and see how quickly he tires out. I, I won't need to do that. I'll just hijack the tank. You see? Oh that damn tank! <laughs> By the way, there's a tank in uh, in season one. I think it's, uh, it shows up in the first one, and then it's, it plays a prominent part in the second one again. Second episode. Um, he's saying, "Why doesn't he use the tank?" I'm like, "Well, the, there's two dead people in the tank. I don't think it served them very well, and they were military trained. <laughs> they were probably already bit." That's why. But they were in the tank. It wasn't really safe. What the hell? And plus, everybody walks into a tank and goes, oh, I know what I'm doing in here. <laughs> exactly. Come on. You, you got Ralph watching episode one, and he's like, oh, my God. He, he should have hijacked a helicopter. I'm like, what the fuck do you exactly. think this guy is? He's a sheriff's deputy. He, he doesn't know how to fly a helicopter. This is not the Matrix where he closes his eyes, gets the information, goes, I got this now. Hey, flying a helicopter is not that hard. Landing. Now, that's another story. <laughs> You just jump out. There you go. That's it. I've seen lot, lots of planes, lots, lots of planes, lots of helicopters not make it, you know, off the ground or a lot of accidents on, you know, trying to get, reach the sky. So that's what parachutes were invented for. You just jump out. <laughs> not when there are blades flying around your head. What the hell's wrong with you, man? <laughs> he, hey. I, I think Ralph is the victim of PS3 uh, for, for flying GTA. helicopters. And He's got GTA-itis. <laughs> I have GTA 5 reality blending syndrome. <laughs> Yeah, obviously. I can do anything. I can hijack the car and then go to the strip club with some stolen money. I'm going to jump out this window right now. It'll be fine. I'm just going to end up in the hospital. I just got to pay a little bit of money. And, or you got to find a heart <laughs> running around the street. Let's go back. <laughs> Let's bring this back. Okay, so season one, in a, in a nutshell, how did, how did you feel about it? Ralph, you can chime in because you saw an episode and a half. So <laughs> I love the sarcasm. Season one, I mean, there is... I mean, literally. I mean, I, I can six claw. You know, the every season. The, <laughs> the, yeah. Really, just there is nothing wrong with this uh, the series. I mean, from one episode to the next, season one is fantastic. I mean, it, it gives you the update really fast. I mean, you know, as Ralph saw there, you know, you jump in seeing uh, Rick, who's our her main guy, you know, shooting a zombie. Then it flashes back quickly to why you know he's in this world where the zombies happen. You know, he's waking from his coma. He's looking for his wife. He has no idea what the hell is going on. You know, it's it's it just starts off. In a jump, and then you're just off and running. I like the. I agree. I like the way that it hits the ground running. It's not like, and then it was a perfect world before the. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. like go, go. You know, drag on the beginning of right. the series. Well, I, the the scene that we were looking at, I was thinking about. I'm like, look at that doorway. He's going. He's walking down the uh, the hospital corridor. I mean, it's disheveled, gunshots everywhere. You know, blood all over the place. You know, he's barefoot, walking through broken everything. Yeah. And you know, he's heading towards this door, this double door. Um, um, and it's thick, heavy chain with a lock on it and a board across the, uh, the, the handles and just spray painted in large letters. It just says, do, it says, don't open dead inside. I'm like, that is just creepy as hell. Yeah, that, was, that was really, and really cool. And then to see it creep open a little bit 
and uh, that just creeped me out. Go and ahead. Uh, you know, see the like these fingers come through like oh. the crack of the door. I mean, it's just everything is just so freaking creepy about that. And I, I don't, I'm not gonna jump the gun, but they did this later on. They started showing the episodes again in black and white. Yeah, I love the episodes. In black I've never and white. watched them in black and white. Really? It, no reason. I just never watched them, but I do oh. want to see them because I mean, it, I love black and white movies in general, like you know the real ones. You know, it's kind of interesting you saying that because. This coming from the guy that won't even walk into a haunted house. Hey, I, I can't, I can't even lie. Well, wow, wow! Oh, are we gonna be fighting all, all podcasts? <laughs> I, well, I know. I am actually shocked that the cat when he when he suggested talking about The Walking Dead, I'm thinking someone must have described it to him because he doesn't watch horror movies. <laughs> like, I can only imagine like you like like you're probably on the phone with your mother watching the show. All the lights are on. You're, you're, you're holding the cat. Actually, you know, his hands you know over his eyes. There's something about I, I don't know. It's, a, chi- it's a childhood thing for me. Wow. <laughs> Do your homework, then we can talk. <laughs> now, all jokes aside, um, I, 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 I'll be the first to admit, never liked horror movies, never liked, um, I, I guess more the Freddy Krueger, the Jason, the Michael Myers, that stuff, just never, since then, couldn't do Love it. That. Zombies, not so much. Zombies, not so much. So Resident Evil, um, even something, even though it wasn't scary, but Zombieland. Oh, Zom- yeah. Zombie was, was awesome. That was, that was great. But, you know, and it's funny Bill because Murray. it's May funny. Rest from, in peace. It's funny for, <laughs> for every genre, not genre, but every type of zombie movie, they portray the zombies a little bit different and how they um, how they look is a little bit different and how when they bite things. Like, yeah. But it's only been since 28 Days Later, though. Like that kind of rewrote the whole zombie thing because before zombies were pretty much all the same. You know, I didn't see, I didn't see 28, 28 days later. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't see. Well, later. don't confuse it with twenty eight days. That's with Sandra Bullock, and yeah, that's about her. The rehab like, movie. That's the rehab. You'll movie. become a zombie after seeing that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. and, and try and eat yourself. Say <laughs> <laughs> you know. like, what? You're lifting up horses' legs for what reason? <laughs> but I can't believe but, you haven't seen twenty. Well, no, of course you don't watch horror movies. Of course you haven't seen it. Right, but I mean, I like. For me, all zombie movies were like, um, oh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Right, th- those were always like for me. Zombie in the park with the dead. <laughs> <laughs> George Romero going crazy with all those dead movies. Well, he's got like what, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. Yeah, he's got a he's got a bunch of them. Yeah. But 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 when they bit people, they bit them and they became zombies or whatever. Like I remember Zombieland. I remember watching it with one of my friends. In matter of fact, at my other job, and I put on my computer and I'm watching um, Zombieland, and they show the person biting the. Um, the, I guess it was the uh, a living person's calf, and they're pulling off the meat off the bone like it's stringy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, my friend that was in the room left. They're like, "Okay, I'm done." And I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> but but that, but now if you go back to um, Walking Dead, they show different ways of how the zombies look and how they how right. they how they kill people and how they look being killed. And I I, I kind of like that variety. I don't know why. Maybe I'm sick. I don't know. Well, it's great special effects. Yeah, from from what I've seen, is actually more realistic in a way because it's what they're showing is. Uh, actual rotting bodies slowly yeah. decaying. So you can tell, uh, I guess, h- how long someone's been a zombie by how decayed their body is. Yeah. And it's pretty cool, though. But. Yeah, they don't seem to starve to death, uh, at least not that we've seen so far in the show. Um, I don't know if they addressed that in the comics at all. I haven't Except read enough that, of it. The but, half one. That was right, but I mean, but that's the whole thing is that they don't starve to death. They just, I guess as long as the brain hasn't been destroyed, they just keep living even if all that's left is, I guess, really the head. I mean, well, actually, there's a scene in season three where there's a the, the governor has a whole room with fish tanks full of um, zombie heads that he's chopped off, and all of them are alive, even though they're underwater and in these tanks, you know, yeah. because as long as the brain's intact, it's alive. What is he trying to reenact the scene from Futurama? <laughs> but when you look at the wall, it definitely looks like that, though. Yeah, it does look like that. You can make an argument for that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that until you said that. I was like, oh, that would be kind of funny if they started talking like, you know, the presidents and whatnot. I knew! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, season one, it's funny because, you know, um, 
I remember thinking that Rick was going to stay real, like, the leader, like, kind of like a Cyclops kind of character. Right. Very, like, very stoic, very, like, yes, we're going to, I'm going to lead you out of here. And then he's going to turn evil? Oh, uh, no, no. Uh, not quite. <laughs> no, he goes off the edge. Yeah, now, I mean, think about fighting the zombie apocalypse for a while, and all the things that happen from season one to two to three, he begins to, you know, lose a little bit. And yeah. he, So he eventually catches up with his wife, right? So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, he finds by, out by that she's boning the other guy. Three. Well, not right away. Now, that takes a little bit of time, too. I mean, even though he, when he does officially find out from her saying it, um, or I think Shane alluding to it, if not flat out saying it when Shane tried to kill him the first time, um, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, I knew something was going on, but, you know, because you didn't tell me, you know, I was just going to let it lie and just, you know, because, you know, he and his wife were trying to build a life. But, uh, you know, that's the nice thing about the movie. That is a part of the drama is that there is, it's not done in a hokey like what we're normally used to seeing on like you know the primetime networks and whatnot where oh i've got a secret oh it's gonna keep us apart and (laughs) it's not that same tired like you know cw you know smallville kind of like you know back and forth and oh it's getting old kind of way and it's very real like you know adults you know she knows that she's you know cheated on her husband but of course at the same time she thought her husband was dead because shane told her that he was dead it doesn't count if you think he's dead that's right that's what Uh she said back when he was alive i'm sure too (laughs) (laughs) you're dead dead to me he's dead to me exactly (laughs) you're dead to me so come on let's go (laughs) but but i mean it's funny how laurie kind of changes also oh yeah Yeah. well there's there's growth that's the whole thing again about the characters i mean they're not just well defined they actually do grow i mean glenn as much as you know he was the gopher uh, you know always the one sent out to get everything and you know at one point he even says you know he goes uh you know i never you know i'm not that it's not so much that he's not afraid of dying i guess he doesn't really think about it he just is trying to do what's good for the group but then to see him go from this like kid that kind of gets bossed around like hey go here go there to like you know once he's dating maggie stepping up and you know just ready to kick ass you know Mm -hmm. to defend her i mean it's just all the growth and even carl as annoying as he is as a a teenager to be who would have thought having a girlfriend gives you balls? <laughs> <laughs> well, she keeps them, I'm sure, just yeah. like all your girlfriends. <laughs> but, but she gives them back to him when he has to go out. And Every him. once in a while, it's like, I need you to protect me. Here are your balls. <laughs> and what's funny is that, that Glenn, being a, a, an Asian character, they didn't go for the stereotypical, oh, he knows the computers. And, and karate. And, right? You know, I was waiting for all that stuff. You know. Can I get some tech support here? Yeah. <laughs> well, we got Glenn. He can hang. He, he can do it. He's Asian. <laughs> it, didn't they, wasn't in episode two right now. Didn't they ask him to check the radio? I, I, they, I, meant, I think they meant like check on the radio to go back to the. Um, you sure? I, I could have sworn he was taking it apart and he had like a little. It doesn't have a keyboard. <laughs> it's not. It doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, like I said, um, the season one is good. I mean, like, so you get, you know, Rick waking up and we get to see all that going on. Um, we meet, uh, the first people he meets are Morgan, uh, a black guy Morgan with his son Dwayne. Um, and that's where he kind of learns the, the rules quickly of what's going on and how to kill these walkers and whatnot. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of, I had written down some highlights. Um, All I know is some kid hits me in the face with a shovel. Yeah. I would want to get some payback. So, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, that kid just wailed on him with that shovel. Just, he's Twang! like, Dad, I got one. <laughs> <laughs> but I love what he's just like, you know, this black kid's looming over him now that he's fallen down, hit the face with a shovel. Uh, and Rick is like, Carl, Carl, you showed up. And I'm like, I don't think your son's black. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Anyone gets a shovel to the face, you know your eyes are gonna probably gonna be seeing different colors. Either that, or maybe he was just used to Carl hitting him in the head with a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> wow! And That's I was, gonna, I, was gonna say, I was gonna say something about because he got hit in the head with a shovel, and being that he was looking up. I'm thinking maybe the shadow, the shadow might have been cast, and that's why he was dark. Oh no, wait, that's the skin. I thought they were gonna go there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope, no, nope. Uh-uh. We keep you surprised. That's right. <laughs> on your toes, Cap. On your toes. Trying to, trying to, man. <laughs> All right, so 
Um, um, you were talking about, you know, he kind of learns what to do with... Um, right. He learns that, you know, he um, learns about what's going on for Morgan and Dwayne. Um, then, you know, he's off to find his family. Uh, you get, like, the Shane and Lori stuff that's going on. And Lori is uh, Rick's wife, who, like I said already, uh, she believed that he died in the hospital because Shane, who was Rick's partner in the, uh, the sheriff's department, had told Lori, oh, no, he died when the, um, when the outbreak occurred in the, in the hospital. So you know, so you have that deception because as also we learn a little bit later on that uh, Shane has always liked Lori. Right. So you know, this was his chance to get her alone, and you know, you see that Carl has kind of grown attached to Shane because Shane, you know, he tries to be a dad, but he's that kind of like cool uncle dad, right. where it's like, oh, you want to use the gun? Sure. You want to learn how to strip a body apart? Sure. I mean, I don't really care. Right. As long as I keep doing your mother, it's yeah, fine. Exactly. If that it's keeps you right. out of the tent. <laughs> keeps you out of the tent. What? You know what? Here's a gun. Go shoot a few walkers. I'm going to be with your mom in the tent. It's okay. <laughs> I'm giving her massage therapy. Yeah. <laughs> We're just talking. All the screaming. Oh, no. The screaming. Uh, she's happy. It was screaming. Happy, she, happy but, but, but she really can't. Uh, he can't say talking because she really can't talk with his... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, it's, it's, it's very simple. He just tells her that she's learning religion, you know. <laughs> Lord, Lord, <laughs> God, oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you know, so there's definitely a lot of that. Um, but, you know, so, you know, most of this first season, of course, is, you know, introducing us to the characters. Um, and there's actually a pretty decent-sized group at first. Right. And that gets whittled down real fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the zombie attack later. Is, you is know. it just, like, carelessness? And it's like, oh, I'm walking down. Oh, no, I got bit. Damn, um, I got to die. It, well, it's actually, they get attacked by a group of zombies um, because, you know, it, again, what I like about the show is it's not what we're used to in the movies. It's not a bunch of people that... We're supposedly the real people, but already they're expert. You know, every single person's an expert killer and, and knows how to do this, that, and the other thing. It's, no, it's real people. You know, we all want to be alive, but, I mean, you know, I may not be good on watch. So I may not, you know, I may fall asleep on watch or someone's not a good shot or has never shot a gun before. You know, I mean, you get people in this, in this group that's probably never even been in a fight in their life. Right. You know, and, and, and it shows. It's not like they, they suddenly are ninja later. It's like, no, that this this is real life. These are the people that you're going to be with. Right. You know, trying to form a group. And then uh, are there t episodes or times when uh, the zombies just, like, seem to appear out of nowhere and they're, like, they, they get startled? The funniest part is in all of the uh, – always the zombies appear out of nowhere. And it's, but it's funny because you hear them when they're walking. They're always like, shamble, shamble, shamble. But somehow when they're sneaking up on you, they are, like, in stealth mode. So they're ninjas is what you're saying. <laughs> they are all stealth Ninja zombies. <laughs> I'm going to be Mike for a second. The, uh, the anti-Mike. I'm going to um, – push for this um, show and explain why that is. Maybe it's because when you're following that particular character, what, what's going on, maybe you're supposed to be in their head. And you know how you're concentrating on one thing, you don't hear another thing? Right. Yeah, so, so maybe, maybe you're in their head. That's right. but, but, it's, but it's never like, especially like when the, the group gets torn apart early on in the, the, the first season, mm -hmm. I mean, it's like literally a group of zombies is all around them. You're like, no one... No one saw anything. They, they're not sneaky people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, right. Exactly. I mean, if you're in the apocalypse, you, of course you, you're focused on what you're doing, but keep your ears open and listen. Come on, <laughs> or at least have someone else. It's like, all right, listen. Your job, you're dedicated to listening. That's all you need. You don't even need your eyes. Just listen for them to come. And that's it. All right? But I think, that's how, I think something like that happens. I think somebody, I think, nodded off on on oh, duty or something yeah. like that. You know, like, was it Dale? I don't know. I don't Dale know. Was, was the old guy. I don't remember. Wow, yeah. You know that I don't remember. But they get in and that they massacre. That you know thins out the herd a lot, so that we get down to most of our major characters that'll at least be there for a little while. And that's another nice part about the show is that you really don't know who's going to die and who's not. Hmm. You know, and uh, you, you just love that part. Yeah. I don't know what there it goes. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Um, I, I, um, the Widow Bagel was kind of cool. Yeah. 
what when you first inch, what the hell my nose uh, <laughs> um the Winnebago was really cool I, I i like that whole um cause i was thinking you know if all these cars are available that's what i want right well, it also looked like the shazam you know super hour winnebago that he drove around wow with, <laughs> with mentor wow <laughs> <laughs> that's before your time ralph <laughs> yes yes before everybody's time <laughs> much before my time but um i mean what i loved about it was i mean because now you saw a Winnebago and you felt like, you know, you didn't think just Winnebago 1970s. You thought Walking Dead. Outside of Comic-Con last year, um, my cousin and I went to Comic-Con. Shout out to Troy. Um, we were outside waiting to go back in because when you first go into Comic-Con, as you guys will see, it's kind of easy to go in. The second time around, like a little bit like 1 or 2 o'clock, it's a little bit of a line to get back in. Oh, wow. So, um, you know, you just got to have your your... your your card's right. ready. But, but I mean, we do a podcast now. Can't we just you know, walk right in like we're the press or something exactly. like that? You know, yeah. we just walk like, well, you just, know who we are. We're 22 pages later. Come meanwhile, on. 22 pages later. Uh, I'm sure I belong over there. <laughs> yeah, with the other 15 podcasts that have five people listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell Mr. Stallone that I'll be over here. <laughs> it's like, I'm with Stan Lee. Don't you see? Come on. I'm right there. But, but right outside of this, uh, of Comic-Con. No, 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 not that Stan Lee. Uh, the one that doesn't sound like Peter Falk. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> You too, Mike? All right. But outside of Comic-Con, what I'm trying to say is that, you know, you have this Winnebago, and, and, and it was just like, you know, just like in the show. Yeah. Did, did you go inside? I mean, was no, there like no, some no, creepy no, man no. in like a, 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 a liquid-stained mattress on the floor? No, no. All, all you had was the zombies coming in and out of the Winnebago. Oh, nice. So okay. you had like three or four of them, and they walked really close to the people in the line, almost to the point you got really uncomfortable. Right. They didn't touch you, but they got really close. But now, did they go in normal and come out zombies? Because they could be real zombies. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's how it started. <laughs> I'm just saying. Or makeup artists. And there's no Santa Claus and there's no Easter Bunny. You Which are just a spoiling <laughs> brat. For, I mean, I, how many? We probably have a huge listening range of three to six year olds out there. There's no Santa? <laughs> and Ralph. Oh, look, at, <laughs> look, at, look at Ralph being so heartbroken. <laughs> there's I mean, no Easter Bunny? He, he's heartbroken. Meanwhile, he's like, zombie apocalypse? Fuck that. I would have grabbed that bazooka with that tire, no, that I wrench I would have grabbed, and I would have done it. That's yeah. why Santa doesn't I, visit I was, his house. I was telling Mike, samurai sword all the way, man. Oh, started. Michonne. Oh, there we go. Michonne. Yeah, yeah there's a character in, in the show called Michonne. Badass black girl with a... Um, when, when we first get introduced to her, she has this long samurai blade. Katana. Katana, whatever. And, and actually, when we talked about using zombies to her advantage, she has these two walkers with, I believe, is the... Uh, their, their, arms, their, 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 arms their lower jaws are missing and their arms are cut off. Right. Their, their lower jaw is missing and the arms are cut off. And she kind of has them around like on dog leashes. Nice. Yeah. And, and so what you're saying is that she's a dominatrix with a big knife. Kind of. You can kind of say yeah, that. Kinda, you cool. could say that. Did and, she wear leather? Uh, no. no. Well, oh. it's too... It's, it's freaking Atlanta. It's too hot for <laughs> that shit. And, and real quick, did, in any of the seasons, I'm trying to remember because I saw some of the stuff a couple of weeks ago. There's no... They haven't done winter yet. No, I actually, well, they skipped it. I mean, I don't know if it was intentional skipping, because I don't know how it works in the book. But uh, when we left the crew at the end of season two um, from Herschel's farm, it, they had said that winter's coming. And then, like I said, it picks up. A, I mean, you kind of figure, because Lori winter wasn't showing. coming. Yeah, Lori knew she was pregnant, so you figured out at least she's probably a month pregnant because she already taken the test. And then by the time we come back, she is ready to pop pretty soon. So you figure about eight months have passed. Right. Um, so they skipped the winter because I had said to friends of mine at work uh, that used to watch it all the time. And I'm like, because I would have been curious to see, think about it. The zombies either don't move if there's nothing going on or they move really slow. You're going to freeze. I mean, like any, you know, we will freeze. And they are still made of meat. 
And you figure if their brain is the only thing keeping them moving, well, if it froze, it right. just kind of mean that the zombies would just stop moving. And well, I would love to have seen does, that. Does but it also, get cold in Atlanta? I was um, yeah, going to say, it, it gets cold, but not, but not like New York. That's why I was going to say. Right, maybe, but it'll drop below freezing at times. 30. It'll go to, down to a 30. Like a few of my friends in Atlanta were talking. He's talking about, Fahrenheit, not Celsius, people. Yeah, that's still <laughs> below freezing. Yeah, and I believe in inches and not the metric system. <laughs> like a real American. That's why my name is Cap. Um, <laughs> yeah, but when they still say it's five millimeters, Cap, it's only five millimeters. Just <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, 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 oh, never mind. I'm not going to go there. Um, but what I was saying was that I don't think it gets cold enough to even worry about some, you know, um, some a lot more zombies freezing. If, I think if, if a zombie apocalypse was, it, the, the whole thing was in New York, maybe that'd be something. Right, well, that's yeah. very true. That's very true. But I still would have been, you know, curious to see how they would have done it. I'm actually also kind of curious true. why they skipped it. You know, right. So, oh. <laughs> was that a zombie sound, Ralph? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, oh, uh, great! The zombie apocalypse is going to start with Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just clearing my throat. Ah, no, we can go. kill him because we'll be too busy trying to grab the bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's Ralph trying to grab something he can't grab. Pop, pop. <laughs> that's what you think, Captain. <laughs> Anyways. Don't you think, like, uh, maybe anyone would have thought, hey, it'd be nice to go to, like, an island somewhere where there's no one there around, you know? Hey. Okay, maybe you're not understanding the idea <laughs> of the fact that society is broken down. There is almost there's no, no functioning, like, there's not, like, you know, uh, what, the cruise line, Disney Cruise Line is not still running around back and forth. It, there's, dude, there's no electricity. <laughs> there's, there's no electricity. There's no... All right. They, they do have generators, right? Uh, only if they happen to find a place that happens to have generators, if there happens to be gasoline, and if the electric lines are working. And it's not that hard to make a generator. If you happen to know how, and none of it's them there are electric. It's physics. Come on. <laughs> sure, because they all pass <laughs> physics. <laughs> right? Then there's that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. There's, I'm, I'm there's rivers, right? I'm sure there's had to be boats around there somewhere, and it's Atlanta. Isn't Atlanta near a port somewhere? Mm. Let me look at my map. Oh, hey, you better look more carefully at that map, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the map to maybe... I wish it, it was a talking map so they, Ralph, just give up. <laughs> because, I mean... But, see, but, but it is, though, and it's, again, and I, you know, as much as okay. we're making fun of Ralph and stuff like that, I mean, this is what mind. I said during the show is that what Ralph is saying is very typical to what we're used to seeing in all of the zombie and all the post-apocalyptic movies, which is suddenly everybody's an expert in everything to survive. Right. And that's what I like about this show is it is very real. I mean, hey, you know, we're a river here. There's, 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 there's a, a long river. river. There has to be some water, you know, getting to Atlanta. But uh, so yeah. where are you going? You're going from one, from one zombie apocalypse town to another zombie apocalypse town. Where nope. are you going, bro? Is a river that connects to where? To an island? No island. There's no <laughs> island off of Atlanta. That connects to a lake. That connects to another river. That you okay, and, we're, and you're going to carry all this food huh? that you're going to put on this boat. Yeah, and by the way, don't forget, yeah. any time that there's water in any kind of a state yeah, like yeah. that, that means that it's going to be major civilization was there. Major civilization means major zombie outbreak. Right. That's why you have samurai swords and some bazookas, some grenades. <laughs> okay, from what, the samurai sword? And samurai dude, sword dude, store? Have you not realized <laughs> that samurai swords, you have to be in close range? Huh? Have you realized that with a samurai sword, you have to be in close range? All right, so then you get some kunais, you know, some throwing knives. Which you don't think they're good at throwing. <laughs> These are ninjas. Suddenly, the X-Men team is the on crossbow. board. And then you just need one guy with optic blast. The, the, there you the, go. The opinions of Ralph the Tech do not exactly express those of Captain and Mike. <laughs> or anybody sane. <laughs> hey. I'm just thinking logically here. Come on. Uh, the, you're thinking logically for From bad From the guy movies. with six claws, really? <laughs> logically that we're going? Okay. You, got, you got bad Hollywood movie logic going on there. <laughs> but like I said, but that is, again, what I do like about the show is that it is very logical. I mean, you know, yeah. most people 
let's think about it. Maybe you know, I, I, I've been in finance for years. Really not going to do a lot of help in the in the, in the zombie <laughs> apocalypse. You know, I mean, if you really think about most careers that you have, I'm not talking about stuff that you may have learned on the side. I'm just talking about if you look at most careers that we have, most of us, and especially inner city people, we're not hands-on people. You know, like, you know, if if your job was was what a bank teller. <laughs> you yeah. know, oh, I used to fold clothes at that retail shop. Yeah, that'll be handy during the <laughs> folding clothes portion of the zombie apocalypse. You know, like we really, you know, if you really thought about a bunch of people banding together, I mean, besides trying to, you know, in mass kill, kill groups of zombies, you really are at a disadvantage. I mean, we're not talking about just killing zombies. I'm talking about trying to rebuild a functional small society with a group. I mean, like you said, like Ralph was saying, you know. Um, you know, all jokes aside, like how many people are you going to run into that understand how electronics work, how water works, how you know any of this stuff works? It's, there you go. See, you know. so then you should want me on your side. No, dude, <laughs> no, trained carpenter and electrician. Okay, well, Just if saying. we do, we're going to keep you in the back. <laughs> no, there'll be a suggestion box that says all suggestions welcome, not Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> And if you're reading this, Ralph, go back to work. You know what? I'm just going to make my own society. Forget you guys. <laughs> to move it right along, Mr. Logic. Okay. Um, okay. Let's let, let's talk about like let's kind of move into season two because um you know I don't I don't want to stay too long on each season. I just kind of want to get a taste. Well, of see, let's just finish though. Um, in season one, though, they do end up at the Atlanta CDC, which is great because now they think they're going to get some answers, um, and that's getting us to the end of season one. Um, they end up there. There's only one doctor left there. They, you know, he tells them that there has been no luck in um, breaking what this virus is or how it occurred. We do not get any information at all. We don't even get a sense of how big it is. That, and that's another thing about the show. We don't know if it's down south, if it's all on the eastern seaboard, if it's all of America, if it's all the world. We don't know, you know, and that's the nice part is that they're very blocked off. So anyhow, they end up at the CDC. Um, um, that's where the whole Rick and uh, Lori thing kind of comes to a head. He, that's where she admits that she slept with Shane. So you get a little bit of that drama going on. The power starts to fail at the CDC, and there's a defense mechanism made in so that if the power fails, the CDC will explode or implode to you know stop all of these viruses that it contains from breaking out. That's and it probably is very true. I can't imagine that it wouldn't be. Right? Yeah, that's just basic protocol. You right. Know, yeah. Every you know. building. So you get that going on. Um, some of the team uh, when right before the the building explodes, some of the teams um, or so, some of the group I should say decides to stay there because they kind of feel it's very hopeless, whatnot. Um, and the doctor who does stay uh, whispers something to Rick's ear, and that leads us into season two. Really? And I haven't said what he whispered yet. Is, is the whispers like, I like how that shirt fits on you. <laughs> he was just like, you look pretty good in them jeans, boy. <laughs> um, season one ended, and, and it, it was a short season, season one, right? Yeah. It was like seven uh, yeah, what was the introduction? Maybe, I don't remember exactly. Maybe eight-ish? I believe like it's that? only seven episodes. It was seven? Okay. Let's, let's try. Yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely brief. I mean, they had to see how the public would react, and the public loved it. Oh, man, loved I, it. I, and it's funny because everybody was watching um, Walking Dead, and it's funny because I would be in the train, and I'd read um, like a comic or like if I had Walking Dead as, as the back advertisement of a comic book, they're like, oh, six Walking episodes. Dead, I love that. Six. Wow, six. only six. Jeez. Wow, only six. I thought it was way more than that. It was short. Yeah. yeah, it was real short. And I remember people on the train like, oh, I love Walking Dead. And people like you wouldn't expect yeah. very east of the border. Yeah. And, and I'm like, wow, okay. you know. So, yeah. so what you're saying is you saw businessmen in suits. They, yeah, I, absolutely. At, 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 my, uh, at the finance shop I worked in, Almost everyone was watching that, you know. Mike, 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 Mike. Hump Did you see Walking Dead? That's what it was like, you know. But, I mean, and it's good because it has an appeal to, like, the entire demographic. You know, it has men, women, you know, young kids, people that are, you know, really afraid of everything like Cap. I mean, just everybody could just watch this show. Cap 
Tyler's not on his game today. Usually I have witty retorts and comebacks. I'm just off. I don't know. It was probably those two uh, burritos you had right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling slow like Slowpoke Rodriguez. Yeah, Slowpoke Rodriguez. <laughs> the slowest mouse in Mexico. So in season two, let's get, let's get a quick taste. All right, season two. Okay, um, CDC is blown up. Rick's carrying around a secret. I don't know what it is yet, do I? <laughs> oh, I do know what it is, but I'm not telling you. Um, is so is the group it the same party? secret with the positive thinking? No? Uh, no. Uh, not that secret? Not okay. that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, the group is heading for Fort Benning. Uh, we find that Carol, one of the um, group people, her daughter is lost father, um, when they run into this band of wandering uh, zombies. I think there's, they, they call them a certain thing, but there's like, almost like these like swarms of wandering zombies that just blow through towns. Right. The daughter is lost. Um, Carl, the son of Rick and Lori, gets shot by a guy named Otis. Um, no. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. And then <laughs> Carl was taken to uh, this nearby farm that Otis lives at, and that's where we finally meet Herschel, um, Herschel Green. He was a veterinarian, and he's got a family and some, I think, other close neighbors. They're living at this really big, like, plantation-like farm where they manage to keep the zombies at bay, and, uh, you know, like, they've got chickens, make eggs, and they have other food, like, real food and water and stuff like that there, and a barn. He's got, he's got a really good deal going on, especially with the barn. Especially with the barn. And that is like this big dun-dun-dun. Um, so they um, meet up with them. There's a little bit going on between Rick and Herschel. They have this trust issue, and eventually Herschel you know, learns to accept uh, Rick after things go on. Um, so anyhow, Carl gets healed again. He's fine. He's back to normal. Um, on a hunt with Shane, Otis is sacrificed because Shane wants to get away from these zombies, so he shoots Otis in order to get away. That's right, and he yeah. carries that guilt with him. Um, and Rick really starts to go crazy by that point and shaves the head the whole nine yards. Um, we get more into the mystery of the barn. We find out that the barn contains nothing but a bunch of zombies in there. Yep. Why are they there? Well, because Herschel believes that there's some plan that God has with all this. And, um, and uh, you know, he's keeping these things alive, thinking that there'll be some way to save them because I think his wife is in there. Right. And uh, But then when the barn doors finally open, what do we find out? Sophia walks out of there. And the, the little girl they've the been looking girl. for the whole season yeah. two. They've been looking up and down. I mean, um, um, Carl was trying to look for him. You know, Rick's been trying Darryl to Daryl was looking. That yeah. was a great episode because we got into Daryl's head. Um, you yeah. know, Daryl's another great character you got to watch the show for. Who's not in the comic book, which is very interesting. Oh, really? Okay. Daryl's not in the comic book. Oh, they, they created him specifically for the show. Oh, very interesting. I didn't yeah. realize that. Well, being yeah. that Robert Kirk, but, but the, being that Robert Kirkman is it, it does the screenplay and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I, I believe he directs it also. I don't know if he directs it. I don't it. Think But that. I know that he's, he's, he has a major part in it. It's cool. I'm okay with people not being in the comic, I, yeah. being in the show, if the guy who created it did it. Yeah, and also, I mean, he's a really good addition. Like, I mean, to me, it seems like he would be part of it, but, I mean, he's a great addition. Um, so Sophia comes wandering out, zomb- you know, zombie-like and everything like that. You know, and there's this whole thing. This is um, there was a pseudo showdown between Rick and Shane already about who should run the group, and uh, just to see everybody just staring, like you know, not knowing what to do, just seeing the zombies they are coming closer, and then to see Sophia coming out of there, it's just great that Rick just steps up. I mean, just walks over, not really badass, but just kind of like you know, I'm the adult and I've got to do what I got to do. He just walks over, pulls out his gun, and blam, just shoots her right down. And you know, and you know it's the right thing to do, and you know. It was just—it's a heartbreaking scene to see, you know, the mother's face just, just go blank. I mean, you know, but at the same time, everyone finally realized Rick needs to be in charge. He right. knows what's going on. He knows what to do. You and know? I think that kind of really that, the cop needs to be in charge. Exactly. Who would have thought? And, and you know, it's <laughs> well, funny. Shane was a cop. Too. Let, 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 let me th- let me throw a the sane cop. 
let, let me let me throw something in there. Um, it just reminds me of watching that reminded me of um, if anybody read Uncanny X Force the first run. Mm, Uncanny X Force was when when Cyclops decided that um, there needed to be a mutant black ops team. Oh, that Uncanny X Force. Okay. No, but but the good one, the first run. Mm, whatever, whatever. Bad. Really, you read Bionic Woman, Bionic Man, and you still say it sucks, and you still buy it. Yeah, it was the good one. It's <laughs> the one where Angel's regular feathers can then turn into metal feathers, and then they shed and become regular feathers again. Oh, could you <laughs> let me get to the point that I'm trying to make the connection with? Damn it! So just the same way that that Rick shoots Sophia, and it was disturbing. Sophia is about what, like eight, nine? Yeah, eight oh, to like ten, 10 somewhere in that yeah, range. 10. Yeah. yeah, she's not even a teenager, and he blows her away. And that's a hard thing to show, uh, you know, like uh, on a TV show. Especially when I DVR'd it and kept replaying it. <laughs> <laughs> Bam, headshot. Bam, headshot. Bam, headshot. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in um, Uncanny X-Force, something similar happens where basically um, Apocalypse in our universe is dead, and they find a way to, to kind of regenerate him and to bring him back to life, but to, to raise him as a little kid growing up. Um, and the long and the short of it is they find this young apocalypse, this little boy who's apocalypse, and they're like, well, what do we do? You know, do we do, what do we do? You know, now, you know, we killed all the enemies. Here's this apocalypse. We know he's going to grow up to be a badass. What are we going to do? You killed the kid. And, and, and one, of the, one of the X-Force members just stands up and bam, just shoots him right in the head. And in the comic book, I was like, oh, my God. And yeah. it was happening around the same time. Sophia had gotten had, was off in um, Walking Dead, yeah. so. so and I'm surprised someone shot him too. I thought I thought Wolverine was going to give him six claws. <laughs> <laughs> in the head. <laughs> so yeah, so, see, so season two, I mean, just that whole search for Sophia, and then it turning around that you know Sophia was already zombieized. You know, it, it was sad and it was tragic, yeah. but really gripping TV. No, definitely. And um, so the more of the drama that went on there, um, uh, while that was going on, Lori became pregnant. Right. There was the question of whether or not this was Shane or Rick's. You know, there was all that going slut. on. Slut. I, I wonder who it slut. is. Is it the guy who was in a coma for X amount of time or the guy I've been banging on the side? Who could it be? <laughs> Let's spin the wheel. But I did like the, actually the way Rick did it. And he was hurt, whatnot, pouting, being a total dick and bitch all at the same time basically. how you gonna be a dick and a bitch at the same time if, if you find out the woman that you know you're with and you know the that logic thought that about you it. were dead <laughs> and thought you were dead but mind you it's like okay well i'm not it, that's a really hard situation. yeah i mean no, it, you know said, but, but, but i like the fact that he was just like you know it is our it is our uh you know it is our baby you know like you know he's just like i don't care what it says so anyhow moving on from that um Rick and Shane. Right. So we, now we're finally getting around to Rick and Shane are going to have their final out. Um, Shane, you know, says to Rick, oh, let's go out, you know, securing a perimeter or something like that. That's when uh, he, you know, they're having words and Shane makes it very clear that he's about to kill Rick. And uh, Rick ends up stabbing Shane and in that kills him. In nope. the back? Stabs him in the gut. Yep. Um, right on. Stabs him. That kills him. And as they're walking away, now remember I said Rick stabbed him. He wasn't bitten. Shane gets up off the ground as a zombie. And then there's a gunfire, and Carl, their, what, 10 or 12-year-old son, right. has shot Shane and that in the head, and that kills him. And that brings us to what Dr. Jenner at the CDC whispered into um, Rick's ear, which was something that is very depressing. Everyone's mm-hmm. infected. Everybody is infected with the virus yeah. that survived the initial wave. Like, so, so that whatever it is, when you die, you will become a zombie, yeah. period. And that is the that yeah. was the secret that he held on to. Now, mind you, I mean, we, we don't have enough time to go into season three, but season three had a, a chock full of stuff like 
Uh, the governor. The governor, all, yeah. Who's just this insane guy. And evidently, as insane as he is on TV, he is nowhere near as bad as he is in the comics. Right. Um, you get Michonne, who is this black chick with the katana, as we've already talked about. Um, and um, I'm trying to think what else. You get them moved into a prison where they kind of have now set up home. And you finally, and I, again, she's a great actress. She did a great job of making you hate the character. Andrea finally dies. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> for, for, for those who don't know, I mean, or for those who don't watch the show as much, Andrea is funny because she's always like, she, she, it seems like she, she, she seems to be siding with the wrong people all the time. Every time. She's always she's always whining and crying. She's always like, well, nobody says anything to me. It's, it's, you know, she was just, you know, very annoying and, you know, it's funny because she would side with the wrong person, then wonder, well, why am I siding with them? Or I'm doing it because fuck the other group, and then realize, oh my god, I made a huge mistake. Yeah, after the third time, you'd have thought she'd learn. But uh, what I really liked that I thought was cool was um, in the first season when her sister dies. You know, she you know has a breakdown. It's very realistic and whatnot. Her sister was a, far, a lot younger than her, and um, she you know gets a gun and she wants to eat the gun. She wants to shoot herself, and she gets talked out of it and whatnot. And what I thought they did a great job is. Um, with the end is that they don't make a big point out of it. She's been locked in a room with a guy that was stabbed and is about to become a zombie. She breaks out of her bondage in time, but she still gets bitten by the guy as she kills him, so she's about to turn. And at the end of season three, she ends up taking Rick's gun and shooting herself to kill herself before she turns. And it's just a great full circle, you know, poetic ending there that, you know, they stopped her from killing herself by shooting herself and it turns out that that exactly is how she had to die anyhow. Right. You know. And, and like I said, because I mean, because of time constraints, you know, we can't talk about the entire season three. But um, just with that, Mike, how do you feel? And I know we can't ask Ralph because Ralph's only seen one and a half episodes. Well, I, I can give it a rating if you want. <laughs> I dare you. Okay, yeah, get a rating, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, you'll give it a rating the same way that you figure out the the, the zombie apocalypse logic. <laughs> Grab the bazooka and run. That's totally possible. All right. All right. So. Um, well, you, oh, actually, I'll give, I'll give somebody who, who, who's seen um, the actual series first. <laughs> Fine, thank you. Mike Finance Guy, what do you give the series so far? Whole series so far, every single episode, beginning to end, no question asked. I give it 10 brains <laughs> out of 10. <laughs> very cool, very cool. Ralph. All right, you can go first. <laughs> I'll just say I was going to go with a, with a five um, zombie head rating system, and they get all five zombie heads. Yeah. I mean, it's the only thing, the only bitching I got to do is the end of season three. That's everybody's little bad point. Because there. you're building up to the showdown with the governor, who, if nobody knows, he has this whole gated community where he Woodbury. has these people. Huh? Woodbury. Woodbury. <laughs> which is like, <laughs> it's, it's this whole gated community where everybody's living fine, and, and nobody. it's almost like the zombie apocalypse in this pocket community doesn't exist. You have him versus Rick and his band of merry men. And you, you would expect a lot more death and a lot more people to, 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 to change, to turn over. No big changes happened, and it was just very, it was anticlimactic yeah, the way, the, the way yeah. it ended. Yeah, the town, um, the governor was finally pushed out, um, had to run away after some very bad decisions that he's made on his part. He got away, so there was no finale that way, and then Rick just takes in the rest of the Woodbury residents into the prison that they're living in. Right. Yeah, so that's how it ends up. So I, I still give it a five out of five. It's not like lock and key. Because lock and key, you know, I, I I took away a half a rating because I said, oh yeah, it's not, you know, it's okay, but um because of the way it was ending, but because we don't know when Walking Dead's gonna end, right? I feel like as it is right now, they could probably make up for it in the season opener. Five out of five, yeah, yeah, zombie heads. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph, all right, I guess I can give it uh, four useless tanks that he should have used instead of just you know. <laughs> Staying in there and then running out of it and leaving his bag and his horse to get devoured. 
So, <laughs> so yeah. Out of like, what? Four out of what, though? Huh? How many of those useless tanks? Uh, ten. Four out wow. of ten? Holy. Wow. You know, should have zom- taken the tank. Come on, he would have won me over. When the zombie tank. apocalypse hits, I, I swear I'm going to just stop the National Guard and be like, look. Here's my boy Ralph over there. Just leave him <laughs> with that tank, and let's see how he fares. Let the rest of us go. I'm oh, you, you're going to have to get some popcorn and sit back because you're going to get the greatest show on earth. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a 30-second show after you die. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going to be a little bit longer than 30 seconds. <laughs> well, I'll just say that, you know, I'm very surprised. Four out of ten? Crazy. I mean, just the... Well, I just started watching well, it. So. But, but the first episode already was fantastic, and the second episode kept you gripped. We had to stop watching the second episode to start the podcast I mean yeah but you know I'm not into that drama oh yeah I'm not into that drama I mean ask Mike the whole episode the first one I was given such amazing I was commentary. cooking in the kitchen and I, and I heard I was like really he's saying all this wow <laughs> it's these young people they don't have patience you know they don't they don't know what's good yet hey you know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a zen buddhist come on <laughs> I got patience coming out the wazoo. A, a Zen Buddhist. Get the bazooka and blow up. <laughs> I don't remember the Dalai Lama saying that. And if you do not like the peace, I will kick your ass from here until tomorrow. He said that more in his, in, during his radical period. <laughs> his radical Dalai Lama stage. All I'm saying is if Ralph gives Walking Dead 4 out of 10, I'm wondering what he gives some other series. I'll name the series and I'll tell you. Or, or, or let's look at his movie collection. I'm like... Horrible, horrible. What the fuck were you thinking? Hey, <laughs> do you have barbed wire in there? I, wow. Yeah, I love barbed wire. <laughs> Never heard of barbed wire. Barbed wire oh, with Pamela Oh, God. Anderson. Mike brought it on himself. First murder <laughs> she wrote now this. Barbed wire is a lot of fun. Barbed wire is that movie Pam with Anderson at her best slash Oh, that she's the... She's basically a kick-ass... Isn't I don't even know what you want to call it. No, 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 no. No, no, no. no. It, it's, a, it's a live-action movie in, in like a, a, a post-apocalyptic, I believe, um, Earth. And she's trying to get her. It's it, I can't even re- remember it because it was so horrible. I saw it one day at a bar. <laughs> and then, and wow, then it it's that int- bad. They show it at a bar. It was at a bar. And, and it's it was, so good, I own it on DVD. Thank you. Wow. Were they showing it uh, after Last Call just to get people to get out of there? <laughs> <laughs> last Call. We're going to start showing barbed wire. Yeah. Bar- and, and, and barbed wire fu- is fun, but I can't believe a person that owns Daredevil is making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Oh, your, your guilty pleasure is barbed wire. Mine was at least a Marvel character. And Ralph, you love Tomcats. So. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with Tomcats. Tomcats is a horrible ass movie. Hilarious. Yes. That's and, the, and mind you, I like dick and fart humor as much as, as you know, the next guy, but this is like the worst. It's like, oh, I can't imagine. Hey, come on. You, you got bondage library redheads, you know, uh, cops undercover acting as prostitutes. And then you got the guy who's going to get beat up by the mob who's an artist. You should like that. He's an artist. Sure, six claws. And on that note, <laughs> we'll be back with Meanwhile, 22 pages later with um, Mike the Bob Wire lover and um, um, Ralph the, um, I don't know what to call him now, <laughs> after a brief. Um, the logical Zen Buddhist. There you go. God. <laughs> after a brief break, we'll be back. See you in a few. <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? This is The Cap again, letting you know that we want to hear from you. We meaning me, Mike, and Ralph. So we just want to hear what's on your mind. Do you agree with some of the things we said? Do you think we're full of crap? Or just some suggestions you have? We definitely want you to hit us up. So please take the time out and you can email us at m22lcmr at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our Twitter handle at Meanwhile22. Also, if you're wondering what the hell are they talking about by a Doctor Who border, you can check our growing um, website at Meanwhile22. 
22pageslater.com. That 22 is a number. Now back to the show. What's funny is I wish that you... Oh, hey, you guys are back. <laughs> What's funny is that I really wish the audience would have heard the debate we just had about horrible movies and, and movies that are good. We were still talking about um, Daredevil versus um, Tom Katz. And, oh, we were talking about Steel, too. We Steel, made yeah. yeah. Steel evidently, I'm hanging around a bunch of people that have no taste in movies. Luckily, I have extremely good taste in movies. Yeah, Murder, <laughs> She Wrote. <laughs> Murder, She Wrote is great. Bob, Barb Wire is fantastic. You guys need to, you know, sit down and watch these things. Let me, let me get Mike the Finance Guy off the hook, and let's bring us to what we here to talk about because we kind of strayed last segment. Um, <laughs> That's an understatement. The, um, the next thing we're going to hit up is um, the series that came out for Batman. Batman had just um, been re-released under the, the whole New 52 um, line, and they started one of their first major stories was Death of the Family, not to be confused with Death in the Family. Which was before the 52 reboot. Way before. Yes. Oh, yeah. Just, just to make sure um, listeners know, Death in the Family is when Robin died. Jason Todd. Jason Robin. Todd Robin, the second Robin, the Robin that should have been dead. And, and death, should still be dead. And Death of the Family, they were, gonna hint, they, they, they were hinting at um, was going to be a major event in DC and in, um, or at least in the Batman universe. And with a quick synopsis, is Mike the Finance Guy. A synopsis? What the hell? <laughs> uh, this is really, really quick because, uh, you know, we could just talk about it. Um, uh, Death of the Family, uh, like the Cap said, was uh, launched uh, shortly after, I guess about, started with issue, I think, 13 of Batman, of uh, the New 52 launch. And it just, it spanned 23 issues uh, over the Batman, Batgirl, Batman and Robin, Detective Comics, Catwoman, Nightwing, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Suicide Squad, and Teen Titans. Already with that many titles involved, you know that you don't need to read most of them. Um, and the <laughs> mm-hmm. basic point of it is the uh, Joker had his face cut off in issue one of Detective Comics of the New 52 uh, by a guy named Dollmaker. That's pinned to the wall when Batman gets into the Arkham Asylum, and then the Joker disappears basically for a year worth of comics. Um, He reappears, um, and his basic point for coming back is he's decided that all of the Bat family is dragging down Batman. In other words, that he's just not the Dark Knight that he used to be. And so the Joker's idea is, well, you assuming is maybe if he gets rid of or just brutally harms the Bat family, Batman will become his old self, and that's the story we're involved in. Wow, that was short. Yeah, it wasn't really. <laughs> I, I, as I was looking over it again today, I'm like, it really isn't worth going into because, uh, yeah, like the cap had started saying, he goes, you know, it was supposed to, you know, change or do something drastic to the Bat universe, and it did almost nothing. Right. It was a good story mostly, but yeah. it did almost nothing. All right. So how do we feel about it? You see a. Uh, a handyman Joker, yeah. no longer in his iconic suits. I love that handyman outfit. Shout out to Greg Capullo for, 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 for the artwork. His artwork is so great. He did a really good job on Spawn. That's a uh, Cap's lips all over your ass. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I, I saw the way he treated Scott Snyder, and I don't want to be treated that way. Now, <laughs> if anybody listens to another podcast, they, they had an interview with Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. And Greg Capullo, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, just to give you an idea who they are, they're total opposites. Greg is a kind of biker tough guy, and Scott Snyder is somebody who lives west of the border. He's definitely your nerd. He's definitely a, a writer's writer, right. very anal about details, that kind of stuff. But Greg's artwork is fantastic, and him in that in that um the Joker outfit with the was it Joe? He or? said yeah, it said Joe, and then he has the tool belt because I remember Damien actually grabs a screwdriver from it and stabs him in the foot, and then Joker's like, ah, oh, is that all you got? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 
was just I think the artwork was great and creepy and it was no, the it, artwork was really well the, again but we have to, to say this is in the Batman issues yeah. Greg Capullo is not doing the, the artwork ones. for the other ones Very and also true. Scott Snyder is not writing the other books except for the Batman he's overseeing them but he's not writing them yeah right so just to clear that up yeah because okay. I because I really do respect um, what Scott Snyder's done with Batman as we've said in previous podcasts so I don't want you to think that when I'm not happy with the story that I'm not happy with Scott Snyder in general because his work has actually been excellent yeah and, and I like how in these issues, it really shows the craziness of the Joker. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he breaks into the police station and breaks almost every neck there except for Commissioner Gordon's, or I guess, the, what is it? Tenor Gordon? Wait, he breaks, up the, he breaks into, the, into the police station, shuts off the lights, yeah. and breaks everybody's neck. And, which, and which I did have a problem with. Though. I mean, again. Really? Well, because it's like they're armed cops. Well, I understand that it may be dark at the moment, but if somebody grabs your neck and you have a gun in your hand and you know it's the Joker, the most insane human being in the world, I'm not going to go, Commissioner, no, please, but no, no. At no point, not one gunshot was fired in the cop station by anyone but Gordon. Well, not one. I mean, <laughs> it's pitch black and you're surrounded and by you're your fellow officers. And you're gripped by a man that's about to break your neck. What are you going to do? But Man that would grab a bazooka off of a tank. <laughs> Tell me what you're going to do during the non-zombie apocalypse when you have a loaded weapon in your hand and well, a crazy man at your there's throat. There's nothing you can do if he already has your hand on his neck. Yeah, I well, mean, the moment I touched you, wouldn't you draw your gun up to the body? That yeah, bro, that by that time it was already too late. It's the Joker, man. This guy's he's moving quick around the room. He's not the Flash. He's not Bane. Yeah, right. but he's moving quick around the room. But that's my whole thing, though, is that, but then at the same time, how is he seeing? He had no night vision. And like you said, it's, it, again, I understand it's a comic book, again, and I did enjoy the story, but these were like, even though we haven't gotten to a part of like, what did you not like about it, that immediately drove me crazy, because I am a huge Joker fan, and I did like his treatment, the, the but Joker, that drove me crazy. The Joker has always been a mystery. Who knows what powers he may he have? He doesn't have any powers. How do you know? <laughs> because we've read them all. <laughs> maybe, maybe that acid did something to his eyes, and he sees a different spectrum of life. Well, and that, but that was where I was getting to. It's just yeah. that, like I said, I mean, he's breaking necks left to right. The Joker has never been a physical character. Yeah. And, you're like, and you're breaking necks of guys that are trained... That's the other part, too. Gun or not. They're trained to defend themselves. Apparently not so well. At all. <laughs> like, there wasn't Hello, even a Hello, Gotham's police department sucks. That's the yeah, thing they didn't that. defend themselves even a little bit. I'm no. like, really? <laughs> no. Well, anyways, what I was saying, the, the fact of the way that uh, Greg drew the face and the mask, you know, it's just incredible. Because throughout the whole um, series, Joker's just playing around with his face like the thing is a toy, you know? Yeah. It's one scene where he's hanging upside down. And he has his face, or the, the, the mask, the face mask. Mask face? Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. He has it, and he's turned it upside down, so his lips are where his eyes are. And yeah, that was actually really creepy. Lips. So it's like really creepy, though. It's, yeah, and if anyone's awesome. wondering what Ralph is referring to, like I said, uh, the Joker let this uh, villain called the Dollmaker cut his face off. Like literally the face, not the bone and everything like that. And then a year later, and I, again, to storytelling that makes no sense, somehow his face is still just as pliable and soft as the baby's skin, yeah. but he steals it back from the police lockup room and then begins wearing it literally like it's a party mask. So he's got it strapped onto his face and I'll, whatnot. I'll, I'll add so some, it looks very creepy. I'll, be, I'll go anti-mic and I'll go pro-mic for a second. When he fell into the vat, when, when the Joker became the Joker, we don't know what those chemicals did to his skin. So can I believe oh. that maybe it stops decomposing? Absolutely. But then it wouldn't explain why it was rotting Throughout oh, the series, the you yeah. can't have it both ways. Exactly. Well, you can make the point that it, it may not have been rotting because you see flies around his face. It could be because of the the raw skin underneath. You know that was what would have been rotting. 
True too. Yeah, it's just like I said. I mean, it's 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 one of those things where the the effect is really good, and that it almost and again almost stops you from asking questions. But after a while, you know, by the end of it, you you, you have more questions. And then the fact that his face is now being used by the Joker's daughter yeah. as her mask, you're just like, all right, now I'm just tired of seeing this. Not biological, face. by the way. No, no, no biological. The Joker wasn't doing the nasty like that. <laughs> well, he, was, he was doing nasty. He wasn't doing the nasty. I would hate to know what he considers the nasty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm well, sure it involves cutting things off and putting them in places you don't want to know. Oh, According to Harley Quinn in her uh, issue in uh, her appearance in Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. where they do they show her origin. Right. Uh, apparently, Joker throws her in the vat, yeah. and she survives also. And as the, the level is going down inside, you see skulls in there too. Yeah. And she shows up, so you, first you think she's dead, but then she's not. And, like, most of her clothes is burned away, and you just, it ends with them embracing each other, and it looks like they're about to do something. Who knows what they're going to do? Who knows? But, what? but apparently, if they're going to do something nasty, they do it in a, in a container filled with skulls. <laughs> so doing the skulls. And that's adding to how poorly written the Villains Month was. And we, we, it's funny, three weeks and we're still talking about Villains Month. Three weeks has been four, the whole month. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> what did we leave over? Oh yeah, um, the Joker and the first issue and how he was. I mean, I I, I liked his creepiness, and I know that um, that you had an issue with him breaking next, but I kind of liked the fact that he he kind of made you terrified, you know, of him. But I do agree with your point of you know he was in a, in a, in a room full of cops, and how did he escape? But I mean, just that the fact that he did that, I don't know what happened, but it you know it did make it terrifying. Just think about it, if you're in a room alone, and yeah, you're a cop. Everybody around you is dying, and right. you're hearing it. Oh, yeah. The, the level of tension I loved. It was just, like I said, it's because of, like, for instance, if he had had um, his trademark hyenas with him yeah. or something like that, <laughs> loose in the room at night where a, they could see in the dark, that would have also been creepy, plus him looming around. You know what I mean? It just the fact that it was the Joker, I mean, he's this spindly, thin guy that has never shown the ability to even put up a slight fight yeah. is now breaking necks. Again, as much as I still didn't, and I, again, I actually enjoyed the issue. Don't think I didn't from what I'm saying. I did like the level of tension in the heart. It's very creepy reading it. It's just that when you would see these guys, and these were big cops, and you would just see them thrown, not, not even just like sitting at the desk, thrown in a corner with their necks at these odd angles because they've been snapped. And I'm like, well, when did he get this super strength from? <laughs> you know. Huh? So that was just my thing. But I mean, but the issue goes on. Um, Further, you know, with Batman, you know, right. looking for him, stuff like that, and, and Joker uh, reenacting his crimes just in a different way. Yeah, that, that was yeah, that such was really a cool. such Great. a good thing. They show uh, that he did his first one, and instead of the first time he ever used the the laughing gas that leaves a smile, but it was altered, so this time he gives a frown instead of a smile. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely like that. And the way uh, the first issue um, ends uh, with the Joker at Wayne Manor. Yeah, and um, kidnapping Arthur kidnapping, Pennyworth. Yeah, Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred you know, Pennyworth. and. It's just such a creepy scene because that's when we finally get to see the Joker wearing his face as a mask. Yep. That's the first big panel. And the end scene is uh, the Joker has, it's not even a crowbar, some kind of a, like a piping with like a, some kind of a It was multiple, a hammer. Oh, was it him? I thought yeah. it was like some kind of a thing that had a multiple fitted end, but whatever, a no, hammer in his hand. Batman says and, it was a uh, hammer. Um, and he's raising above his head as he's got, you know, Alfred, you know, basically by the neck and going down. And he's just like, you know, now stop me if you've heard this one before. <laughs> and you just, you know, going for the swing. I mean, it's just... Such a creepy end. That was pretty cool, though. On going back to the the scene in the police station, every time he goes to a new uh, right. uh, police officer, he's like, "Stop me if you heard this one." Yeah. The Joker walks into a police station. Right. Yeah. A clown walks into a room. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, 
Say what you heard that one too? Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, again, it was because it was really good Joker writing, and I mm-hmm. and I did like the writing. I mean, like anything, there's flaws here and there, but on a whole, I when people ask me what do I like a Joker written story, and I can never really, you know, besides Killing Joker, you know, you're like you're left. I actually did enjoy Scott Snyder's writing of the Joker. You know, um, in, in the series, particularly the ones he wrote. I mean, the Joker was still good in the other ones that I read, but right. particularly in Batman, he did him very well. Yeah. It makes you kind of question Scott Snyder. It's like, hey, uh, <laughs> kind of a mind you got if you're writing this. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, maybe Greg Capola should really think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's why him and Greg get along now, because, like, you know, and, and from what I understand in the interviews, Greg, Greg and um, Greg and Scott talk about that now they bounce ideas off each other now, and they just grow, you know, more and more. And, like, right. they'll add things to, to, to the comic that they didn't think about before when Scott was writing it. It's really cool stuff. I mean, it, yeah. hearing them talk is very interesting. I'm, ve- I'm definitely going to try to meet them at Comic-Con because oh, yeah. they're both going to be there. Wait, yeah. I can only imagine Greg now after probably reading Scott's writing. He's probably, you know, changed his tune. He's probably like... So uh, I was thinking of drawing that. Is that okay, Scott? Uh, uh, is that okay? <laughs> oh, 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 no, you don't like Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. It sucks. It does. It sucks. I'm going to redraw it. <laughs> you just got to hear Greg Capolo just to understand what, oh, what Mike's referring to because Greg talks about how, you know, he, he likes going, you know, he likes as little script as possible. And Scott Snyder talks about how he's a very scripted writer, almost panel for panel, shot for shot, angle for angle, yeah. you know, that kind of writer. And, for, and Greg's like, well, I, you know, I, I've done shit where, you know, people gave me all that stuff and I draw the total opposite just to piss them off. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's a douchey move. Yeah, that is a douchey move. That's a, and I'll tell but, Greg when I see him, I love your artwork. God damn, you're a douche. You know what he says? He says he does that and it still works. And it still works. Well, because, I mean, obviously the guy has vision. Although, yeah. I, and the guy's artwork is pretty good. I love his artwork. Oh, man. vision. But um, actually going, going back to the comic book, um, I love the way that they made the um, the Bat Family second guess Batman. Yep, right. I love that. I mean, you know, because you, you you can get that from Jason Todd because obviously he died at the Joker's hand, right. and then he and the Joker ended up living. Meanwhile, Jason was dead. Right. Yeah. So I get that right, kind but, of. Like, but there's also more important. Why are they second guessing him? Right. It's because we find out that Batman's been holding a secret that it's possible. Again, that's the big word. It's possible that the Joker has a very good idea of who Batman is. And actually, by the end of the second um, Batman uh, story, he claims that he knows exactly who all of their identities are. He says he has them written down in this book that he shows Batman. It's like a little black diary kind of a thing that he knows all of their identities and he knows how to get to all of them. Of course, now this is adding credence to the fact that he's kidnapped Alfred Pennyworth. Right. You know, but uh, as we find out later on, that is not the case. It's actually, which, and that's where the story starts to break down for me a little bit is that, not so much that the Joker lied. I mean, obviously, he's an he's insane a, person. He's a Joker. But, of course he's going right, to lie. Know, but then there's that coincidence, like, okay, I get that Alfred is a really famous butler because he's Bruce Wayne's butler. But, and because Bruce you know, Wayne is involved with Batman Incorporated. Right. But it's just, you know, and again, they do give a plausible reason, but it's between that and the fact that he does actually, in these very, very long, at least three-issue stories per book, for the most part, he ends up taking down the, the major Bat family. So, you know, you get um, Jason Todd as the Red Hood, um, Red Robin, you get Nightwing, and, and Batman Robin. And Damien as Robin. They're all taken down by the Joker, which. And Batgirl. It gets, yeah, and Batgirl. And they all get taken down by him, and it becomes very unbelievable. I'm like, you know, it's, it's impossible to believe that this one guy can take down this whole family. But then at the same time, he has them all, you know, bound, gagged, the whole nine yards. They've been knocked unconscious. And they do, I think, say like he doesn't ever really want to know who they are, or at least that's Batman's theory. But he never takes a peek at who they are, and you're just yeah. like, I, you know, 
it, the story just started losing me by that point. It's just like, come on. I mean, a guy that's that set on, fine. Fine, he doesn't want to know who Batman is. Why wouldn't he want to know who Batgirl was? Because he's crazy. But, because, yeah, but, because, that, because but that, he's crazy. that I don't like as an answer. That's, uh, that's, a, that's a lazy uh, answer, though. Here's, here's when you a have good a good story written, don't give me a lazy answer of the villain is just, I mean, we know Joker's crazy, but he was this methodical. I mean, he had a year of planning. Here's an answer, all right? If he figures out who any one of they are, he can figure out who Batman is from Not that. Not Batgirl, he can't. Yes, he can. That's Commissioner Gordon's daughter, and that would end right there. Like, that one would make no sense to be able to go, well, then that means Batman's got to be Bruce Wayne. Well, you could figure it out. So well, I don't think that, I, I, not, not that one, uh, you know. Nah. I mean, yeah, I agree. But, but, I mean, I don't think it's lazy writing. I think that, you know, uh, Ralph has said it once to me, you know, the, um, is, is it true that if I'm unpredictable, does that make me predictable? And I, I think the um, the idea that, you know, that the Joker can, you know, even though he's been methodical in this particular plot, we're also talking about a brain that, you know, can, f- can fly off the hinges at any second. Yeah. So for him, it's like, it, it's all a game to him. That's what you got to remember. It's all a game, and, and the game's no fun if he figures out who it is. Right, no, but yeah, but, okay, if the Joker's plan had succeeded, which right. the Joker's assuming his plan will succeed, right? right. What was going to happen? Were they all going to live? No. 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 So there would be no reason for him not to know who they were. Because he expects that his game is going to be successful. Therefore, I will now know that Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, Barbara well, Gordon, et cetera, et cetera, are all dead. He doesn't really dead, care about them. All yeah, but I, was about, I was about to say that. Exactly. It's about the love of his life, Batman. Right, but what I'm saying, though, is it's just, it's not believable by this point. It, it, it just, it, it begs too much. I, I, I disagree. I think, because, I th- well, think about it. What we're really doing is then we're going back to the old 1960s philosophy of, oh, yeah, I've captured Batman. I have him completely strapped down. I'm not going to pull up his mask. And then he gets away, and I still don't know who he is. And that is the same storytelling that everybody will sit there and go, oh, you can't have 60s storytelling. Well, that's what you've given me in this case. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's no, really like I think a, you simplified it too much. I think that, um, I mean, the fact that he does have, he doesn't have, he has them all bound and gagged, true. But but we've talked about it before the podcast, the fact that the whole the whole idea was to, Get rid of them so that he can have Batman the way he was. He doesn't give a fuck who these guys are. He, yeah. he doesn't even care about who, who Batman is. He just wants to be able to have this whole cat and but mouse in game. That I find lame. Like I said, it's it's a it's a it's a very lazy out to just say I'm crazy. I don't need to because again, his plans have all failed. So wouldn't you, even as an insane sane man, which is what they <laughs> did with him here, because like I said, I mean, he planned he planned for contingencies that would make him would make no sense that he could have planned for which would be literally beating the entire bat family that you can't plan for that contingency like so think about it i mean that's already obviously he did but also but, but also he, he probably had help because <laughs> he also had helped because remember when when um the last step uh, the last issue when um you see that you know two faces with him and riddlers with him so obviously the other the other well, um they certainly would want to know who they are they would but and, and that, that's but are you gonna to go? Say. Are you gonna walk up to this crazy guy and be like, "Hey, um, I know you don't care, but can I take a peek?" Well, okay. Remember, he's also out taking down personally each one of them. So the other kidnapped ones have to be somewhere. Yeah. I'm the Penguin. I'm Two Face. I'm especially the Riddler. I'm going to look. <laughs> yes, there is no question. I, and, and then and the Joker what? finds out but that you look. How, how's he going to find out? They're unconscious. He's the Joker. No, he's, You'll find out. And that's my whole point is that's what they're doing. They're doing He'll this whole out. thing that he's like a god. And it's like, no, you're a criminal. You're with other criminals that want to know who they are. 
they're unconscious, you're away. They can't even say that I know that he looked under my mask because you're, it's just, it just oh, begged a lot for me. It just begged a lot The Joker me, probably you know? noticed that the thing is off a little bit and he's like, yeah, who moved it? He's insane. I, I would just say, <laughs> guess, guess what, Joker? Guess what, Joker? You're crazy. It didn't move at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, again, that's, but see what I'm saying? Like, as much as we're having fun here, the fact that we're coming up with these insane reasons is how badly written it is. Because it wasn't that bad. No, no, no. Again, on a whole... I like the story. But again, the fact that we have to make up these ridiculous reasons as to why the Joker didn't look, his henchmen didn't look, why the other villains didn't look, and why anyone that he has to actually say, he actually has to say in the book that he doesn't care. You have to give me all of this because you know it doesn't make sense. That's why you have to explain things. And not just you guys. I'm talking no, about no, no, as a writer. No, 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 no. I'm just you checking have to do I, this in I, order to, to make I, it make sense. I, I disagree you know? wholeheartedly. I, I think, you know, the... Um, thank you. Um, I just feel like the book was written so well it, I mean the feel with the tension was good and how, that part how, was good. how it moved in Batman was good how yeah. it moved in the other books was horrible yeah. the only one I think I liked was the um, the Batgirl Mike I'm actually giving you props um, <laughs> well the, the Batgirl was really the creepy. Batgirl was really good but I mean see like there like you know he's kidnapped well he kidnapped um, well he kidnapped yeah, Barbara Gordon's Barbara. mother yeah. but that he did not know again and that was also where it was getting really coincidental it's like well you've kidnapped Barbara Gordon's mother you don't know that that's Barbara Gordon's mother you've kidnapped Alfred but you don't know it's Batman's butler. You know, it's just like, okay, alrighty. Um, you know, but that was creepy. The whole thing where he actually cut off the mother's finger, the ring finger, to get her wedding ring. That. But yeah, also, but, but also Barbara Gordon. He, I mean, even if you didn't know Barbara Gordon's mother was, you know, if they were related, that's still, you know, um, Jim Gordon's wife or ex-wife. You know, that he's. That's still no, some no, again, I'm not saying that he would have known. That. I'm just saying that there was just all this tie-in that was just a little bit much. But, but I mean, the Batgirl, like uh, um, the Cap said, well, I enjoyed it too because of the fact also that. What the Joker did not know was her, I mean, and, you know, for Batgirl, who's normally a little bit nicer of a fighter, and, and she's been much more aggressive of late in general, but, I mean, she's still nicer compared to Batman and Robin and right. those guys. So how aggressively she attacks the Joker, it's because, of course, you know, she's in the New 52 world. She was paralyzed for a couple of years. She's healed up. He, of course, doesn't know that Barbara Gordon that he shot and paralyzed is Batgirl, but she, of course, knows that that's the Joker. Right. So, like, her aggression is just fantastic to see her because she's just sitting there like, I'm going to kill him. Like she, I think she even says that at one point. She goes, "I yeah. think I'm going to kill him." Yeah, and you're just like, "Yeah, that I'm with you on that girl." And <laughs> she's doing the valley, in the valley girl voice. Like, oh my god, I'm going so to gonna kill, kill you! Oh my god, you are going to die. <laughs> um, just, just to move on real quick before we wrap, um, the one of the one of the best parts. I mean, there's a lot of great things about the finale, and I don't want to give away too much. But one thing I want to say is when they were all um, bound and gagged. And they had the, the soup bowl. I mean, not the soup bowl, the, the, the it's, dish. It's called a cloche. Whatever. And, <laughs> and for us who are not fancy and don't drink with our teas with our pinkies up, <laughs> it's a dome that covers the food. It's, it's that, that, that dome on the platter that like the waiters have that goes the voila when they lift it off. <laughs> also known as a cover. <laughs> so when he lifts the cover, there you go. cloche, <laughs> whatever, on all of the, the Bat family's dishes that are in front of them, it appears that the, all of their faces have been cut off. No, well, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, I'm no, sorry. It's in his imagining. That's, yeah, yeah he's imagining that. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, some of that, some of that um, Joker gas. <laughs> I remember that they, they were showing it's that called sequence. Sex beer. No, <laughs> it's called one. Yeah, but he has them. What's really great is he's numbed their faces. I think that's what I love. Yes. he has them bandage wrapped, like you know the old Invisible Man bandage wrap around the face, and it's very bloody, smeary looking bandages. So. Knowing that he's cut off their face, and he's basically been telling them he's cut off their face. They're not even assuming that, you know, so that when he brings out the cloche, <laughs> uh, when he brings out the, the dome lids, you know, they're just waiting in horror to see their own faces just cut off. And that, 
like I said again, I had problems with certain basic points, but all in all, the story was really great. That, even though you knew it would be impossible for that to be the case, because it's like, where the hell are we going to go to put their faces back on? It was just fucking creepy. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> very know? creepy. I just mean, think, could you imagine like feeling, well, your face being numbed down, you're wrapped up in bandages, and knowing that the guy's telling you he's cut off your face, and then you know waiting for something to pull open and expecting to see your face. I mean, I just can't yeah. even imagine that kind of horror in your mind. And I, and then Batman had to make a decision, you know, at some point whether whether to save them or you know um, go after the Joker, and he decides to almost drown them. <laughs> hey, hey, in typical superhero fashion, he does both. No right. words. And I guess we're not giving away too much about the ending, but I'll say one thing: they all die. <laughs> the butler did it. Were, oh no! Wait, were, you guys, were you guys disappointed by the ending? Not yeah. really. I um, wasn't. Which part of the ending? I mean, without giving it away, what do you mean by? Um, it? Like, you mean that, that, literally that, so, how it wrapped up, or? Well, how it wrapped up, and who ended up surviving, and well, I didn't. Expect... And the way the relationships had changed at the end. The relationships changed at the end makes sense. I mean, that definitely makes sense. Um, I, actually, uh, the way the relationships all changed at the end. Um, I not only really liked it, even for, from Batman's point of view, even though he's a hard ass, you know, in general and stuff like that, um, I mean, there's writers that'll write that he actually says it, but most of the time you just have to assume that he really loves these people, you know. And, um, I, and I do hate assuming that, but again, you know that. Um, I felt like my heart kind of felt for Batman. Like, you know, you know, you know he thinks he did the right thing, and by no means did he. Um, so that their reactions, which was justified, it just, it hurt, especially when it was from Dick, of all of them. And, and, and even, I think even, does Barbara say that to him? Or was it that, that, oh, no, no, I think it's what that Dick is the only one that picked up his call. I yes. think that's what it was. And that, um, you know, that he was kind of like, I expected it from everybody else, but, you know, and that's why Dick is like, well, that's why I picked up. And then basically Dick just told him off. And it's just... It hurt because, like I said, I really do see Dick Grayson as his son, and I think that hurt Dick a lot. You know. Yeah. How, how did you feel about it, Rob? How did you feel about the end? I thought it was pretty good. It was justifiable, you know. After you go through something like that, you know, emotions are gonna run high. But I'm pretty sure in the later issues. Uh, well, Batgirl's know. already has has gone so far as to rip off the bat insignia yeah. off her fucking chest. Yeah. So she's fighting crime without the bat across yeah. her chest. Yeah. So she's just a girl. <laughs> hey girl <laughs> yeah she it really is I mean it's, it's a little bit more than it's between that and the fact that she's now uh, um, basically she didn't kill her brother but she let him die or at least so far she believes she let him die so there's all this thing and Commissioner Gordon hunting her down but yeah I mean the fact that she ripped off the bat off of her costume you're like that's a statement yeah read the bat girl it's really well it's, uh, what is it uh, it's, what is it uh Gail, Gail Simone Gail Simone yes. Gail Simone is writing her currently now. Yeah, she's done a great job so, so I just read this uh He's calling all of them, and he's trying to look for them. He looks for Damien. Damien leaves him a note that says that he's training downtown. Yeah. Sends a text to Tim and to Barbara. They don't no respond. Response. Right, exactly. And he calls uh, Dick, and he's like, Dick. And he says, Bruce, I'm calling. Oh, no, actually, Dick calls him. Right, I was about to say, I think Dick called him. Bruce, I'm just calling, too. And, it's, and he interrupts him. It's all right. I understand. Dick, what did he say to you in the dark? It doesn't matter. Listen, uh, sorry, I... I know you are. And then he hangs up and says, oh, before he hangs up, he says, I'll see you around, Bruce. And that's it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and that's just rough. I mean, knowing how close that they are, I mean, yeah. that's rough. All right. Rating of bat, uh, um, death in the family. The, of the, the family. Death of the family. I, I wanted to be out. in the family because I wanted, I wanted yeah, a Robin to die. I'm sorry. Before we get to that, I, I, I think you had kind of started talking about it once to me the other day, but 
Um, I didn't expect anybody to die, but you said that there was a, a something going around? Well, no, no, not something was going around, but that um, I was listening to another interview with Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder was saying, I, I think you've heard the same interview yeah, also. Yeah, that everyone thought Alfred was going to die. Really? I, honestly, I didn't. Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, he, people were mad that Alfred didn't die. That, that he did not die? That yeah. he did not die. They, they kind of expected a death to happen because oh. the name of the series. Right, and, but, but also it's the two words in the middle that are very important. And yeah. that actually explains the, the family. Right. The family it's his bad family. Yeah. It's the death of the bad well, family. Well, you know, they, they, I mean, when you, when you, now that we heard the series and we read it all, now we know that it's a very literal translation. But not every title is a very, it's, it could be figurative. Yeah. No, it could be. But I mean, then, yeah. if, then it, I mean, again, we're talking about words here, but I mean, then it would really be called death in the family. No, like, because... Because, because, because there was if Alfred, because the, well, they already called it number one, they already had that number right. two. If Alfred died, they could say maybe the rest of the team broke up because you know, yeah, could be. You know, yeah. but what I'm saying is people were disappointed the fact that um, Scott Snyder didn't have a major bat person die. Oh, I was fine with it. And, I mean, if they if they had killed Alfred, I would have found Scott. And they got into a whole debate. And it would about, not have been good. And he got into a whole debate <laughs> about why, <laughs> why um, de- de- why is it that you have to have a major story arc and somebody has to die? And it, it was a good argument or a good conversation that that, that um, Scott Snyder had. Yeah. All right, so ratings. What are we giving it? I give it four creepy Joker face masks thingies out of five. Four out of five. Okay, yeah. good. That was good. I liked it. All yeah. right. Mike? Um, yeah, I definitely will give it. I'll give it a four unexplainable uh, GCPD broken necks out of five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give oh, it. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, let me add to that. Of the Batman portion of the books and even the bat girl the batman and robin series i give that two out is, of is it a just because you hate damien <laughs> some of that but yeah. it just lasted i think it was three issues i think it lasted two and a half issues way too long i mean it just it made no sense so <laughs> and, and, and the cap will give it four out of five i really thought it was it was a fun series or at least the the batman portion with greg and, and scott writing it Oh, man, it was great. I mean, it, you feel creeped out. It felt like a suspense thriller. <laughs> it, I'm saying it, it just moved really well. The look was the, the look was great. Even when the story was kind of slow and the Joker kept going on a run-on sentence, it still, you know, it still kept your interest, whether it was visually or intellectually. It, it just moved really well. Oh. I, I, I liked it. And, oh, yeah. and the, the nice part is, I mean, if, you know, if, if Greg Capullo happens to be listening to this podcast, I mean, you know, he's just sitting there like, I know I'm getting blown when I go to the Comic-Con <laughs> now, man. He doesn't have to worry about <laughs> shit. <laughs> I think his wife would have a problem with that. <laughs> She's probably like, go, oh, they're old married people. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break and finish up the show. We'll be right back. Geeks on the go. Shout out to Kevin for giving me his voice. Okay, so. <laughs> I just swear, at the, every time you do Kevin, I just, I just feel like it should end with Johnny! <laughs> Johnny! <laughs> All right, so you know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on everything geek Quick-ish. that's been going on. Quick-ish. We're going we're gonna to hit the minute mark today. We're going to hit the minute mark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really put the timer down this time, and I'm going to drop the hammer. And wherever we stop, we stop. All right. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. After after he's made me think about answers for these questions, I'm answering them. (laughs) I'll answer them even if you haven't asked the question. All right, all right. 1965, (laughs) World War II. The butler did it. There you go. Vendula (laughs) Abangada. Are we ready? Ready, Uh, sir. All right, and go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. The turtles are not turtles, but actually aliens. Is it a triumph or tragedy? Ralph. A triumphant tragedy. 
Wow. Mike. <laughs> a tragedy. That means now they're called tents. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One comic book series from the past, a comic series or comic novel that people should have read already. Mike. Uh, for all the people out there, Tomb of Dracula series. For Cap, the Sandman series. Oh, Ralph. Watchmen. All right. Um, which Batman movie would you least want to watch if you were chained to a chair? Mike. Pretty much most of them. Um, but uh, the Michael Keaton one would put me to sleep, but I'd definitely say the Val Kilmer Batman Forever. Okay. And um, Ralph. The one with the nipples. <laughs> you mean Batman um, Batman and Robin? Yes. Okay. Um, next question. Um, which android would you le- would you most want to have on your side? Vision or Red Tornado? Mike. Uh, I want the Vision. I hate him, but at times I don't. And the time's up. And um, Ralph. Vision, because he's not sponsored by Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Which marriage do you feel left a larger void? Clark and Lois or Peter Parker and Mary Jane? Ralph. Peter Parker, Mary Jane. It's eternal love right there. All right. Mike. Uh, Peter, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, because uh, Clark and Lois, their love life was already a void. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and Cap's going to say, yeah, Peter Parker and Mary Jane, because I'm sorry, anytime that you have your wedding at um, a major baseball event, it's got to say something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, that's the show. And actually, we're going to be off for two weeks because next week is Comic-Con. Yeah, yeah Comic-Con. Yes. So meanwhile, 22 Yay! pages later, we'll be there. I just had a nerdgasm. Uh, <laughs> that's just, oh, that's so gross. But, <laughs> but what's funny is um, Ralph will be joining uh, myself and Mike um, both days that we're going. Yeah. Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah. It's, gonna, so, it's my first Comic-Con. I'm, I'm popping my Comic-Con cherry. You're wow. popping your Comic-Con cherry. Nice. That's good to hear. So I, you know, <laughs> I wish we could put pictures up on the site uh, of Ralph with all these scantily clad. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I didn't have to finish the sentence. You already oh, know what comic Con's yeah. about. Is that, what are you going dressed as? The Kool-Aid man? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kool-Aid molester. <laughs> so that's our show. So we'll see you in two weeks. So once again, from Mike the Finance Guy and for Ralph the Tech. This is the cap saying, keep it geeky. Oh, and by the way, Mike says you should all buy barbed wire. It's a cinematic triumph. Oh, no.